Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. A station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ujvala Radio, a show dedicated to love and passion, and the power they have to transform our lives. Now, find a comfortable place to sit, relax, and enjoy the show. And now, here's Terry and Robin. everybody good afternoon good morning good wherever in the world you are this is reverend terry power and you are listening to ujvala radio on the spiritual unity radio network and i am joined tonight as every good night in my life uh, by my amazing talented warm caring loving um did i say talented i think i said talented i'm not sure anyway uh <laughs> Uh, just truly amazing wife, Robin. How you doing, Robin? I'm doing well, my truly amazing husband, and who, who ah. is also very in his own <laughs> right. Well, thank you, ma'am. So, welcome. Uh, welcome all of our listeners, and it's good to have you with us. Now, tonight we're going to be having—I um, I don't know if it's a sh- if it's a shift in the uh, the, the show topics but it's um it it's it's going to be kind of a cool show we um we had an experience a couple of weekends ago uh doing a an a stay at home virtual cleanse and it was a, a cleanse weekend retreat done virtually and we all stayed home and uh did some stuff on the internet and it was just a very wonderful experience and so it occurred to us that we could share with our listeners a little bit about how to do this yourself, maybe without having as much um, interaction with others that, that we had in our, in our virtual retreat. But certainly there's a lot that you can do at home uh, to uh, cleanse body, 
body and mind, and uh, which will, of course, you know, do a little bit of good for the soul. So uh, before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that you can find us on Facebook, Ujvala Ayurveda and Yoga Center. Uh, check out the page there. Click like so that we, uh, we know that people are looking at it. Uh, please, you know, like us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Ujvala C. And, of course, go check out the website, uh, UjvalaAYC.com. And that's uh, HTTPS colon slash slash UjvalaAYC.com. Uh, go check out the website. And uh, click on there to become a friend of Ujvala and get on our mailing list so that we can uh, share some of the things that we've got going on. Uh, we talk about sending out a regular newsletter. We've not even done that yet. So uh, all the people that have signed up have still, we're not going to harass you. We're not going to bang out an email a day or anything like that. Uh, but it will help to uh, uh, give us an opportunity to send you an email uh, periodically, we, you know, maybe once a week, and just let you know about stuff that's going on. Uh, so uh, let's see. I think that was pretty much it. Oh, it's a call-in show, so you can call us at 646-564-9714. Ask any questions you have that come up in your mind as the show's going along. Now, Robin, you were about to say something. I think I, I was on a roll. I apologize. Uh, no, I think I actually wasn't going to say anything, but I thought okay. I can. <laughs> okay. No, I thought I heard you. Uh, thought I heard you uh, like the first syllable of a word, and I I was I was barreling along, so I just wanted to make sure. No, oh, it's okay. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, we were talking about the cleanse, and yeah. I know you've got a whole lot of information, and you know we did this ourselves at home. Uh, just the two of us for a weekend, um, what, about a month or so ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer, uh, doing the um, uh, the mono diet, which you're going to talk a whole lot more about. And mm-hmm. so I guess might as well just take it from there and uh, share with everybody the the, the joys of uh, uh, cleansing with a mono diet. It's actually pretty good food, so... <laughs> Okay, that seems to be sort of incongruous. We're telling you that you're doing a cleanse and we're talking about good food. Um, in, with Ayurveda, uh, they say that at least twice a year, um, and a good time to do it is at the change of the seasons. So generally from, um, you know, like winter into spring and then uh, summer into fall uh, is, is always a good time. And, and around the solstices, um, so, uh, no, I'm sorry, the, the equinoxes, I'm sorry, um, yep. are, is a good time to do it. And so we just had the fall equinox, right? So that's a great time to do these sorts of things. But it's not too late yet to do it if you want to, to try it. Now, we went to the virtual retreat that Yoga Veda Institute uh, was running, and they, I know they'll be running another one. But if you just wanted to get an idea about how to do this at home so that if you do decide to do, do a, a, one of these virtual cleanses, it's good to have a little bit of, like, foreknowledge if you're going to do it and have to maybe try it a little bit at home to see, you know, oh, is this stuff I can actually eat before <laughs> I commit to the, you know, doing this for three days or five days or whatever. Uh, so the, the mono food um, 
that is sort of recommended uh, in Ayurveda is something called kitchari. And I know we've mentioned it before on the show. Um, kitchari is sort of like the chicken soup of, of India. It's, if you were sick, your grandmother is going to whip up a batch of kitchari for you to eat because it's very easy to digest. And they can put all kinds of wonderful herbs and spices that are good for you in this kitchari. And it, kitchari is basically basmati rice, um, which is a long grain, um, long grain rice. And it's funny because it's kind of square on the ends rather than like the little football-y shaped rice that we're used to. And um, into the kitchari goes something they call yellow mung, uh, mung beans or yellow mung dal. Um, and it basically is a sort of a cousin to the split pea, uh, but it's much more mild in flavor, and it cooks a little bit differently. You don't have to soak it forever uh, before you cook it, so it's a, it's a little bit quicker and easier to deal with. And so... Um, that's the basic recipe is you're going to make this and, and the rice together and you're going to first you're going to you know put some oil in your pan or put a little oil in your pan if you want to or or dry roast it some of the some of the recipes call for dry roasting the spices uh, so that you don't have a lot of oil in the kitchen. Um but some recipes also call to cook the spices in the ghee before um, you make it before you start with putting in the rice and the dal and Ghee is clarified butter, in case you're not familiar with the term of ghee. Uh, so, and you can make it at home, um, or you can buy it in, in most Indian groceries, sell uh, already pre-made ghee. You can even buy it online. Um, so depending on the recipe, and, and, and like chicken soup, there are, every family has its own favorite recipe of, of kitchari. So kitchari also, strangely enough, is an expression used in India for when something is all mixed up. So we might say here in the States that something's a, you know, a cluster F. Bad word, bad um, word, bad word. Okay. Yeah, yeah, bad word, bad word. Um, or in, in India they would say, oh, it's a kitchari. So it's something that's messed up and kind of, you know, uncontrollable uh, because everything goes into a kitchari. It's sort of chaos in a pot. If that's if that's what you want it to be, or it can be very mild and very now, bland. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I mean, the the trick is in the spices, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, the the rice and the beans, which I mean, it is a complex carbohydrate, isn't it? Uh huh. Okay, so that's going to act in the body like a protein anyway. So it's not like you're going to starve eating this diet, but. The the trick is in the spices, and that's what you were talking about. Every family has their own recipe. Their own it's pretty much mm-hmm. their own spice blend that they use just for their kitchery, uh, but they mm-hmm. think is the best, of course. And you know, grandmother's kitchery is better than you know somebody else's. So, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, absolutely. It's just it's that same thing. You know, um, you can have a, a chicken soup that's just like your grandma's. Or you can go to a restaurant and have chicken soup that they've dolled up and it's not at all like your grandma's. Uh, or they make it totally differently. And it's it's great, still great soup, but it's just not your grandma's. So, and kitchari is the same way. Every family has its own particular way of, of making kitchari and having their own particular spices. 
They don't, you know, vegetables, you can add vegetables into the kitchery. So for at this time of year, you'd want to add in a lot of seasonal vegetables, which happen to be root vegetables and winter squash right now um, that are sort of in season. And those are very grounding vegetables, which are which is good for this time of year because, yeah. you know, as the wind comes in in the fall, it comes very dry. Um, the atmosphere becomes sort of dry and windy and um, uh, brittle. So what you want to do is you want to make sure in this cleanse at this time of year, you're going to be eating things that are going to bring moisture and grounding and, and not spacey and airy, you know, sort of grounding vegetables. So root vegetables certainly fit that. So carrots and turnips and um, potatoes, onions, things that are, you know, like I said, gra- grounding and substantial. All right. Garlic. What about what about squashes and uh, zucchinis and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. zucchinis were a little bit past zucchini right now, but if you you can get them in the supermarket, um, you know anything that's that's very um, in season and and grounded. Um, you, I would say like butternut squash right now is is in season um, and. Oh, any kind of the winter squashes, acorn squash, butternut squash, those kinds of vegetables. If you Are have a like late our... season. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. We were gonna, I was going to say we like our uh, butternut squash around here. So. Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, um, when when we planned um, our cleanse, one of the things that we would have for breakfast was butternut squash. Um, you know, I would slice the butternut squash in half and put it in a, uh, you know, like a glass baking dish with a little itty bit of water and then cover the baking dish um, with tinfoil or, or if you have a baking dish that has a lid and put it in there and cook it uh, like 350 for, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour till, it's, till you stick a fork in it and it goes, slides right in, just like you would cook a regular potato or something. And then when you take that out, you let it cool off a little bit. You just take a spoon and spoon the, the cooked squash right out of there. And then you can add to the squash whatever you like. If you like maple syrup and um, a little bit of cinnamon, uh, you know, in, in the squash, or if you want something more savory, you could add um, onion, you know, and onion powder and garlic powder and maybe some rosemary uh, and, and, you know, whatever other herbs or spices that you like. And you could add yeah, curry but, powder. Yeah, for breakfast, I was enjoying it with just uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, ghee, and mm-hmm. jaggery, which jaggery is another yeah. whole topic for another whole show yeah. probably. But. Yeah. Um, and so, so that, that's, you know, one of the, one of the things. So when you're in this mono diet, you can eat other things. They're very um, light foods. But they're also very grounding foods. So having that squash for breakfast would be considered a very light thing to eat, very easily digested because it's well-cooked, although it has a lot of fiber. It's well-cooked and, and well-seasoned. At this time of year, they, they would like you to use warming spices. And we've all done this, you know, pumpkin pie spice, uh, cinnamon, clove. Um, nutmeg. Allspice, nutmeg. All of those warming carminatives, as they call them, things that are anti-gas producing and 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 very grounding, um, spicy chilies are also in that um, 
in that genre. Ginger, uh, turmeric, cumin, coriander, fennel, um, nutmeg, all of those, uh, you know, fall into that category. And you could even do some research about what other, are, what other spices are considered warming carmatives for this time of year. Okay. Uh, so, but what, so basically, or they could the call you and ask, or they could email you and ask call. you for, or call or email, you know, Robin yeah. at Ujvala AYC dot com. Mm-hmm. That would work. Yep, absolutely. Um, and now, I, uh, so basically, now go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, basically, the butternut squash is like a canvas at that point, and you can add whatever things you like to it. Some people don't like sweet; they like savory. Uh, and and what whichever whichever way you want to go with it, it's fine as long as you're sort of saying you know you're not adding like a ton of brown sugar and butter to it because that's that would be defeating the purpose of the cleanse. But it's still <laughs> delicious with the maple syrup and cinnamon. Trust me, it's delicious, and it's much lighter and you know uh, and much better for you. But I'm sorry, Terry, or the, what are you say? No, I was going to say or the jaggery, you know, jaggery, jaggery as a yep. sweetener, jag, dra, jaggery as a sweetener is uh be much better than a you know big dollop of brown sugar. So uh correct. Although the big dollop of brown sugar with a big old pat of butter would be good in it. Um <laughs> so I I want to return to the to the topic of the uh kitchery. Now mm-hmm. say someone decided that they really wanted to stick to the kitchery, which there's benefits. I know mm-hmm. and you're gonna talk about the benefits of the mono diet. There's the benefits if you had like a breakfast kitchery, you could you could do the kitchery with those same kind of warming spices mm-hmm. and do it kind of a um kind of the same thing to the kitchery that we're talking about doing to the butternut squash. Mhm. So you could have like a That's breakfast true. kitchery and then a, a then a, a a dinner kitchery and then mm-hmm. you stick to the kitchery throughout the weekend. Yep, that's true. That's very true. Uh, you know, the one thing, though, that I would say is our digestive systems here in the West um, are not as attuned to eating rice at every meal, and rice can be somewhat binding for some people if their digestive fire is not up to snuff. And part of the reason to do the cleanse is to keep your digestive fire in good shape. So going into this, I have the whole, you know, regimen going into the cleanse of food you need to eat to make sure that your digestive fire is at its peak for doing the cleanse and that everything gets cleaned out. The reason the cleanse is so important is that if you're, you know, basically from an Ayurvedic standpoint, all disease in the body is related to the fact that your digestion is not working properly. And things like Mm -hmm. heartburn, constipation, diarrhea, um, skin rashes, these are all symptoms of early toxic stuff backing up in your body. Um, You know, urinary tract infections, uh, any kind of inflammation in the body, if you have like, you know, a little sore arthritic knees uh, or hips or any of this stuff, this all related to inflammation and inflammation can be traced back to poor digestion. So this is why cleanse, doing regular cleanses for, you know, in Ayurveda is considered so important. It's, it's kind of like, you know, changing the oil in your car. 
you, you know, you go so many miles, you change your, the oil in your car. Well, you want to basically do the same thing. What does oil changing in the car do? It flushes out all of the, the, the sludgy, disgusting stuff that's in your engine, right? And, clean, and then the, you, you put clean stuff in. Um, and then you change that out again in three, yeah, the three, three to 5,000 miles, right? So how many miles has our body been going since the last cleanse? And in the West, we don't really do this. There's really no tradition of, well, you know, we're going to do a cleanse. Now, a lot of people who came from Europe would take bitters in the spring as a sort of uh, cleanse. But this is, this is like the next, next step after that. And that would be something you would have to do on a regular basis in order to have it be like a, a tonifying, you know, constant cleanse. So, and then there are these really super extreme cleanses that I don't know that I would ever recommend anybody unless they are being supervised by a physician. So that's why the mono diet is so important because you're not starving, you are eating, um, and your body is taking a rest while, while you're eating this extremely easy-to-digest foods. There's a, you know, one of the other things you can do, and I started to talk about this, our bodies aren't used to eating all this rice in the West, and so sometimes people get constipated, which is not what we want during a cleanse. So fiber in the morning for breakfast in the form of like the, squ- the squash or, the, or, the, or, or you know, even like a sweet potato um, you know, would be fine, or some, or some oatmeal or some stewed apples or, or a baked apple. Uh, there are lots of ways to go, but things with a little bit of fiber. Kitchery for lunch. And then at night for, for dinner, have a, either a vegetable broth, if you're not somebody who eats meat, or a bone broth, uh, very nur- nutritive. And add some of the kitchery into the broth so that you're you know, using up whatever you might not have eaten earlier in the day. So just add some of the kitchery into the broth for some flavor, um, and you can add some more vegetables into that broth, some more carrots or onions or whatever it is that you like, some leafy greens even. Um, and one of the other things that I usually recommend for people uh, pre-cleanse is to make sure before they go into cleanse they're eating a lot of leafy greens, like sautéed, wilted leafy greens with their meals um, in, in a way for preparing for the cleanse. So. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to post recipes on the website for like the week leading up to and then recipes for the cleanse and then what to do when you're starting to go back to eating regular food after because you don't want to, you know, have three days of kitchery and broth and all this beautiful, uh, very sattvic, you know, clean food. And then, you know, the Monday after the weekend, you decide you're going to have a meat lover's pizza. <laughs> and and you know just wreck everything you just cleaned out in one meal you know so um no wait wait wait, wait. Also, what's wrong with meat lovers pizza well you know what once in a while nothing <laughs> is wrong with meat lovers pizza but i think after a weekend of kitchery it would not be yeah the first i get meal it I, yeah <laughs> so i get it i just you know this you know, I just, I yeah. just was uh, not sure I would have picked a meat lover's pizza as the example of bad food to have after this. <laughs> I know you like meat lover's pizza every once in a while. That's my favorite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I wasn't picking on you. 
just happened to pop into my mind. Well, it felt like it was picking on me, but that's okay. Oh, well, maybe a little. All right. All right. All right. Anyway, so um, so you you know so after the cleanse, you want to get back to eating your normal diet because you can't eat beans and rice forever. But you'd be surprised how effective it can be to take one day a week and have kitchery as your lunch or, you know, for dinner. Um, also, please remember that in Ayurveda, they want you to eat your main meal of the day in the middle of the day. Your lunch should be your heaviest, largest meal of the day. So if you're going to eat any kind of, like, heavy oily foods, you're going to do that at lunch because your body's digestive system is at its peak during the, the noonish hours. Um, and then, you know, lunch, dinner should be something lighter. You know, in the summer it might be a salad. And in the winter it might be soup. So that's kind of the best way to, 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 to live. And it's funny how, you know, here in the West we always make fun of people you know, little old people who eat, eat their dinner at 4 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, and then they don't eat again until breakfast the next morning, and we're always like, oh, those old people in their early bird specials have to eat at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, you know, there's something to that. Um, and so Ayurveda, you know, recognizes that. Now, some of these things will be sort of tweaked depending on what your individual dosha is and we've talked about this before on some of the other shows and how to figure out what your dosha is and how to eat best for your specific dosha but again if you have any questions about your dosha feel free to contact me and I can direct you you know send you a quiz uh, and we can talk about you know what your dosha is I'm certainly more than willing to do that with people and uh, so because it might depend on whether or not you um, do leafy greens versus you know carrots um, instead of, you know, leafy green or uh, sweet potato uh, instead of, I don't know. White potato. Oatmeal. Yeah. Well, white potatoes are not considered um, very beneficial, let's put it that way. They have their, oh, okay. they have their place. Um, you, you generally want to stick to, you want to stick to things with high keratins, high colors, uh, ah. just in general in your diet. Remember my, remember my, my old, my old show, um, Eat the Rainbow, right? And, and that is so true. The more colors you have, even in Ayurveda, on your plate, things like beets, um, sweet potatoes, carrots, uh, you know, red peppers, all of these um, things that have a high color content, red cabbage instead of white um, cabbage, uh, all of the things that have colors, blueberries, strawberries, uh, mangoes, you know, things with bright colors are the things that you want to eat, and that's and the, and the, and the, the beauty of that is that it's very appealing to the eye. So if you make a soup or a salad with all these beautiful colors in it, wow, you want to eat that. If somebody plunks down a salad in front of you and it's just green, <laughs> it's not as appetizing. It just isn't. It's why we put tomatoes and little bits of red cabbage and carrots in our salads because those colors say, wow, that's really pretty. I want to eat that. Because you start eating with your eyes. And if your eyes like what they see, then it starts the digestion process in your mouth, right? You start to salivate. That's the beginning of digestion, proper salivation. 
and all the enzymes that are released in your mouth during that process. So the more appealing something is to the eye, the more it excites those salivary glands and gets them going to try to begin that, that effective and efficient digestion process. I know that sounds very clinical, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it's all Instead good. Of just saying, hey, yeah, hey, just put down some pretty food and I want to eat it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, anyway, but that's exactly why. So, so once we start to eat the food that's on the mono diet, the kitchery, um, there should be uh, regular bowel movement every morning, at least, maybe another one later in the day. Um, you're going to want to make sure that you're definitely having, you know, at least one bowel movement a day. If you feel that you're starting to get uh, constipated, make sure you're drinking enough fluids, non-caffeinated beverages. One of the best things to drink, if you're not somebody who can just drink water, um, I hear this all the time. Water is so boring. I don't want to just drink water. I need something with some flavor. The best thing is some lemon ginger water with a little bit of honey. It's a little bit sweet. It's a little bit tart. The ginger it's is wonderful. You know, yeah, ginger is wonderful anti-inflammatory. Uh, it will you know, help um, the digestive fire. It ignites digestive fire. Uh, and the lemon is also an anti-inflammatory um, and the honey is actually, you know, also good because it helps sort of flush things out of your body. The little bit of sweetness that's in the honey is sort of like a little bit of a laxative, very, 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 very mild. And uh, as all sugar is, if anybody's ever eaten, you know, a whole bunch of anything that's extremely sweet, you know that's going to run through you um, because sugar is a little bit of a laxative. So, um, the honey, and, and you know, and honey is an antibacterial. It's just so good for you. And always, always, always use r- good raw honey. If you don't know a place where you live to buy raw honey, call me. I will give you the phone number from Mountain Aperies. They're in New York State near me. They will ship to just about anywhere. Um, and they, I love their honey. We, we, <laughs> we buy their honey by the case, literally, um, and, and go through a case like in about two or three weeks. Uh, but anyway, that I digress. But so um, make sure that you're having raw honey that's never been heat processed and that you should be using. And it's very easy to make the ginger lemon water. You know, you take a couple of fresh lemons, never use that bottled stuff. That stuff is disgusting. And make sure that you, you know, remount the lemons yourself. Um, usually for um, like to do 32 ounces of lemon ginger water, I use one lemon and about a two-inch piece of ginger, and I just grate the ginger, and I pour the warm water, you know, the heated water. Uh, it shouldn't be boiling, but it should be warm enough to sort of be having steam rise from it, but not boiling. And then I pour that over the lemon juice and the ginger, and I let it steep. Then I let it cool down a little bit afterward until it's still warm enough to get the honey to dissolve, but not so hot that it's steaming anymore, and just stir the honey in. And you can either refrigerate it at that point or just drink it at that sort of slightly warmer than room temperature and just sip it all day long, all day long. It's very pleasant and uh, good for you, and it'll keep you hydrated, and it will help you digest all your food. It's a, it's a very common digestive in India is to take a slice of fresh ginger with a little bit of rock salt on it 
and chew it about it, you know, 10, 15 minutes before you're about to eat a meal. And they consider that a way of sort of igniting your digestive fires with that ginger with a little bit of salt on it. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm digressing. Yeah. Um, so I was going to mm-hmm. ask it with the mono diet, you were talking about, you know, the, the rice and, and Western, you know, Western mm-hmm. bellies aren't used to that much mm-hmm. rice. So mm-hmm. in addition to the, the uh, lots and lots of water and the mildly uh, laxative effect of, of honey, mm-hmm. is there a sup or something that you can possibly take along with the fiber just to make sure that things are flowing well for the weekend? Well, I, I I really think that that's part of the pre-cleanse coming into doing the doing the the cleanse, and that's part of why I was saying you know eat a lot of green, um, uh, steamed green green vegetables and and other fiber coming into the weekend, because when you're doing the cleanse, because what you really want to do is you want to sort of pre-clean everything out before we get to the cleanse. There are lots of ways, you know, if you are feeling a little stopped up to move things along, um, you know, the ghee, you can take a couple of uh, teaspoons of ghee and more tablespoons even of ghee in the morning uh, with your breakfast um, because there's very little fat in the ghee and our Western bellies are used to the two things in our diet that help move things through our diet. And when you suddenly take them away, your body goes, wait a minute, I need those. That's high fats, especially animal fats and caffeine. And there's no caffeine on the cleanse. So um, how common is it for people to get up in the morning and have a couple of cups of coffee and then they suddenly have to go to the bathroom because it's the stimulant in the uh, in the caffeine. Caffeine stimulates the parasitosis in the in the gut, the little all the little you know um, the little hairs and the little contractions and stuff that move things through your intestines. Well, your body shouldn't need that. It's almost becomes dependent on the the stimulation from the caffeine in order to know, okay, now it's time for everything to move. We've gotten our orders from the caffeine. So you want to sort of take that away to make sure your body can function without it. Otherwise it becomes lazy and dependent on that stimulation. The same thing for high fat foods. High fat foods are very common in our diet. And when you suddenly go to something that's not so high fat, like the kitchery for the weekend and the broth, um, it will all of a sudden slow everything down because your body's like, I need that oil to grease the, you know, grease the works here. Uh, that's what I'm used to. And the gallbladder is, is there going, what's going on? I'm not getting any grease, <laughs> um, which is good for it. But if, when it's really used to it, it can sometimes throw your system out of whack. So you can, one of the things Ayurveda recommends is to take maybe a couple of teaspoons of ghee in the morning and, I mean, you can take up to, like, two te- tablespoons, really, but you could take a couple of teaspoons in the morning of just straight ghee right off a spoon, um, and it's just clarified butter. It's not going to hurt you in any way. So, um, and that would sort of help things move along. Um, but that doesn't mean you could just take two teaspoons of regular butter. The clarified butter has all the milk solids removed and leaves just the sort of beautiful golden clear liquid. I mean, it's it's... It's really beautiful to see uh, ghee when you're making it, and how that that beautiful golden color that comes to the to the to the clarified butter. 
Uh, and the French use it a lot in cooking. And I, you know, that's, it came from, it came from India, it came from Ayurveda. So, um, talking so fast, I'm getting myself out of breath. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when you are, you know, if you're doing the cleanse and you do feel a little bit uh, like, oh, geez, I'm having, you know, a little bit of being stopped up, I would definitely say to have a very soupy kitchery and put a little bit of the broth in the kitchery, make it sort of wet, um, or just go to putting the kitchery in a bowl of broth and having it be more soup-like. Like a, you know, you'd like you'd have like a rice soup, or something like that, and you can do it either way, uh, depending on how, how, you know, stopped up you feel, I guess. But hopefully, if you do the pre-cleanse week of of eating prior to the cleanse, the actual cleanse, you won't really have that problem because we will have ignited your natural digestive fires, your agni, um, and um, you'll your body will be, you know, by the time you get to the cleanse, your body will be like a little furnace with your, your di- for your digestion. This is what you want it to be. You want your, your digestive fire to be functioning properly so that you can digest all your food because it's that undigested food. Remember we talked about this turns into ama, which is toxin in the body. And when that toxin builds up, it, it finds its way into your digestive system, causing heartburn and then, you know, uh, stomach issues, um, and then it can also, you know, go into your organs. It goes into your bloodstream. It, I mean, this can affect you wherever you have, you know, like maybe a little genetic weakness in your body. It will opportunistically lodge there and cause a problem. You know, so if you've got all this, this ama backed up and you are a pitta constitution who is prone to inflammation, it might start out by giving you heartburn and then it might turn into you know, a lung issue because, you know, when you have a lot of acid in your esophagus, it, it can affect when you're breathing because you, you get that into your lungs and, you know, causes pneumonias um, or, you know, lung issues. And then if it continues to back up, maybe it goes into your liver or your spleen, um, you know, and, and it starts to degrade and then eventually gets into your bloodstream and starts to cause arthritis or, you know, other things. So that's why when Ayurveda looks at the body, it says everything stems from your digestion. And you got to remember, <laughs> modern science is really just starting to catch up to that concept that it, it all happens in the gut, right? In the last 10 years, we've heard nothing, the gut brain, right? Um, and Ayurveda, Ayurveda has known this for like 5,000 years or more. Right? So it's, it's hysterical now that, you know, probably 100 years ago, somebody said, oh, well, it all happens in your gut. You know, doctors at that time would have scoffed at that. Well, now we know that they're right and that we need to pay more attention to what we put into our mouths and what we eat and how we eat um, so that we can keep our digestive fires healthy and not overtax our body. When I was a kid, (laughs) my grandmother always used to say, a moment on the lips, forever on the hips. And I used to hate it when she said that because I always thought it was like, oh, you're just trying to say if I eat this, I'm going to get fat. But now as an adult, looking back at that, I think, you know, yes, that was probably part of why she was saying that um, because she was very weight conscious. Because forever on the hips, it's once you eat it, you know, all the food that we eat makes up every cell in our body. So if you're constantly eating 
you know, junky processed foods with a lot of weird chemicals in it um, that's not a natural food. All that stuff gets into the cells in our body. Every single cell in your body has this little job, this little spark of intelligence that tells it what it's supposed to do. Every cell has a, has a purpose. And when we send this junky food into each one of the, the individual cells of our body, and our body looks at this and goes, the cell looks at the, this junk and goes, what the heck am I supposed to do with that? And they say, well, that's garbage, and they send it off to the lymph system or they send it into the spleen or the, or the gallbladder um, and, you know, and say this is garbage or they send it you know, to, for bile to the spleen. And our body still doesn't really know what to do with it. So sometimes it stores this stuff because it's like, well, maybe I'm going to need this. Maybe I'll keep this. Sometimes it, it sends it, like, like I said, to the lymph node system. Um, which is in charge of getting rid of a lot of junk that accumulates in the body. But if you're not an active person, let's say you're somebody who has a desk job like I used to, and you sit like almost 10 hours a day between sitting in the car to drive to work and the eight hours at work, and then you're back in the car to drive home, and then you get home and maybe you make dinner, and then you sit down in front of the TV, right? So, so out of your 16 hours that you've been awake during the day, 10 of those hours were probably spent sitting on your butt. Now, how do you clean out your, your, your lymph node system? Well, we well there's about no natural, I was going to say, there's no natural pump for that. So you have to be moving. Right. There, there's no natural pump. So you've got to be up and moving. And, and when the body was designed, it was designed for the lymph system to be activated by walking and bending. Because what did we do? We were hunter gatherers. We walked a few steps, we picked up something, and we, we ate it or we, or we put it in our basket for later. And we walked a few more steps and we picked up something else. And then we maybe had to walk a far distance for a specific, you know, we wanted to go harvest some salt from the ocean. We were going to go dry salt. We had to walk three miles to get there and bend down and get the water out and spread it out and dry it out. And then we were going to walk the three miles back to our, our village or our cave or whatever. So that's what our body is programmed to do. You've got to remember that on an evolutionary scale, we've been living in houses with air conditioning and heat for like 10 minutes. <laughs> because before yeah. that, we were exposed to the elements all day long. We lived in caves. We lived in, in, you know, in basically open-air huts. Think about the way well, that people live in the jungle in, in South America. We lived like that for a very long time. Yeah, that's well, I mean, that's one of the, yeah, that's one of the things we talk about is the uh, the fact that we're only about a hundred years out of the forest. You know, mm -hmm. we lived, you know, we lived on the edge of forests for, you know, the bulk of the history of humanity. So correct. It's you know, cities are big cities in um, in the West. I mean, with a few exceptions, like maybe London. And Paris, really big cities like that are, you know, 100, 200 years old at, at most. And mm -hmm. you look at, you know, what has happened to the human body when we have moved out of that connection to the divine, that connection to nature, that connection to our environment, and this misguided idea that we're going to, you know, Exercise dominion over over nature. Yeah, no. Yeah. Nature's going to win. 
Nature's going to yeah. win by giving us diseases that we didn't know existed until we left the forest. When we quit mm-hmm. eating our natural food and living in our natural habitat, you know, we treat mm-hmm. we treat zoo animals, we try to reproduce their natural habitat, but we take us and stick us in cities. And then we expect, <laughs> we're surprised. We're surprised mm-hmm. when when the animals thrive and we suffer because yeah. we're not we're not living in our natural habitat. That's so very true. Anything that we can do to return to eating habits that more closely resemble what our bodies are designed to consume and to digest, mm-hmm. the healthier we're going to be. Right. Okay, so I'm not a vegetarian. Um although I do try to follow a more plant-based diet. We still eat some meat, basically because I, I was diagnosed many years ago with uh, anemia. And so for me, you know, making sure that I eat, you know, meat is kind of important for the B vitamins and the iron and the, and the nutrients that you do get from, from meat. I know you can get some of those from vegetables, and I do my best to get those. But I have found for me personally, and everybody's an individual in the eyes of Ayurveda, for me personally, I do best with eating some meat. Even if it's just like bone broth um, and salmon, um, you know, so I, I need some meat. So anyway, so uh, our original diet when we were still living in the forest was primarily vegetarian. And they actually have done study after study, particularly with athletes, like Olympic caliber athletes, um, taking them to a vegetarian diet. And they've proven that their um, athletic abilities improve on a vegetarian diet. They, their muscle mass grows and improves on a vegetarian diet, which seems counterproductive and counterintuitive. But if you think about this, so think about gorillas and chimpanzees that eat primarily vegetation. Of course, they're getting some protein probably from insects and things that they you know eat that are on the leaves that they eat. Um, so you could say that there's some minimal protein in their diet from that uh, source. But primarily, they eat vegetation. And they are some of the strongest per pound animals um, on, on Earth. You know, a silver, silverback gorilla, you know, is a formidable um, opponent. I mean, rip a man's arm right out of his socket with, without even blinking. It wouldn't even be hard. Yeah. And they eat primarily vegetables. And, and micro and, and microproteins, they call it. And microproteins, yeah, bugs. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's, something, there's something to think about. Um, so, you know, the, the concept that we have in the West that, you know, uh, eat your red meat and you'll be strong is actually being disproven. Well, I don't know about disproven, but it certainly, uh, it certainly can be done in other ways. Um, mm-hmm. so, but that's know, I'm where it came from. Still not giving up my steak. Um, <laughs> I'm just but, not but ready. That's what we came from. I understand. But that's what we came from. We came from a primarily 
vegetarian diet. And yes, we have evolved and we have changed, but the physiology of that, and again, on that evolutionary scale, we've been eating cooked meat for about 20 minutes. And we've been eating a primarily meat-heavy diet for about five minutes on that evolutionary scale. Um, because for, for, you know, thousands of years, we've been eating this primarily vegetarian diet um, because meat was so hard to get, right? Yeah. So you, if you wanted meat, you had to go out and kill it and slaughter it and cut it up and bring it home and then preserve it somehow and then cook it. And then you'd probably have a big glut where you eat a bunch of meat and then you wouldn't eat meat again for maybe three months. And in between you'd live on, you know, whatever you had preserved and the vegetables. So, I mean, so anyway, so getting back, I know we're getting close to time, but anyway, getting back to the mono diet, um, this is what we're, we need to do is to cleanse out all this stuff that we eat, all the, the, the fats and the chemicals and all that stuff. We need to do it regularly. Uh, and the best way to do it is to have this mono diet with Kitchery. It's very gentle. You're not starving. You know, all you have to do is make sure you're hydrated. And it will help you to be more grounded at this time of year going into the, the winter. And it will prepare you for being very inactive over the winter, as most of us are because it's cold outside and um, uh, help your body to get rid of all the stuff you've accumulated over the last six months. And then as you accumulate more over the winter and the spring, we do another cleanse and we get rid of it. I mean, it, technically, if you wanted to do a cleanse once a month, you could. There's, no, there's nothing saying you couldn't. Um, so I think that um, it's a wonderful thing to explore. Go to our website, and I'll get those recipes up here probably in the next couple of days. Or you can do some research about kitchery on your own. Um, but if you have any questions, please feel free to email me and Terry's about to give the email address and I'll be more than happy to answer them. All right. Uh, yes, you can email, uh, info, I N F O at Ujvala, a Y C.com. And, uh, that's an email address that both Robin and I check and I uh, mm-hmm. will make sure that you get your answers to the questions that you have. Um, I did want to take just a couple of minutes. That one of the things that goes along with uh, the kind of retreat that we're talking about and the cleanse that we're talking about, it's not just about the body. The, the body is in many ways driven by the mind. And if we get a proper amount of rest and meditations, uh, do some meditation time. Uh, we're, I'm going to be putting together a couple of videos talking about how to meditate, uh, some very simple meditation techniques. We're not talking about, you know, a, you know, a six-hour chant and that sort of thing. Um, we're going to talk, just talk about five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, preferably get up to about 30 minutes at a time is a good place to be for uh, relaxation, mental health, connecting to the divine by whatever name you call, whatever name you use. Uh, doesn't matter. That connection will have numerous positive uh, benefits, uh, just positive uh, reinforcement, really, uh, changes in your body, 
driven by just that relaxation. Uh, so, you know, you you want to take some time to look at that. Again, the, the video will be up in the next few days, well, maybe next couple of weeks. And uh, also there will be some audio guided meditations available that will help you to uh, connect with uh, connect with your body so you can listen to your body's signals a little more. And a couple of uh, couple of samples. I'll I'll throw some stuff in there so you'll uh, you'll get some interesting meditations and again uh, just a simple relaxation and uh, dumping your junk is what I prefer to call it. It's it's one of my favorite <laughs> meditations and uh, we've been we've been using that meditation now. Uh, uh, before Ujvala, we were using that uh, in in other places and other ways for probably about six years now. This uh, this meditation has been going on and has been used by people around the world to release a lot of burdens and the past and really, really is dump your junk. So uh, look out for that. That will be available uh, on the website uh, very soon as well. So, you know, you want to make sure that you have that peace and relaxation. You're going to be, you know, eating a mono diet. Some people do find it boring. Uh, we dress up the kitchery every time we have it. It's a little bit different, but it's mm -hmm. still, yes, rice and beans, uh, spicy <laughs> rice and beans, but it's still rice and beans. And so... You know, with that in mind, it's an amazing experience for the, you know, for your body, mm. and really does reset the system and the digestive fires. But you want to have a little bit of spirituality and a little bit of mind relaxation. Don't plan to do this over a busy weekend. Plan to do this over a weekend when you have time to relax and enjoy the experience. Um, I had actually wanted to get into a little bit of self-care. Uh, one of the one of the workshops that we attended uh, was about doing self-massage, and I was hoping that we would have a little bit of time. Maybe we'll do that another another episode. But adding mm -hmm. something like that, adding self-care, like like Robin has talked about dinacharya in previous mm -hmm. in previous shows, adding some of that to your um, to your food cleanse will make it a an entire experience and not just a boring food not just a boring diet but actually make it a special weekend set aside time to you know for self massage for meditation for uh relaxation and you know mind, body, and soul. And when you can touch on and improve all three, then everything gets it's exponential. So uh, don't forget don't forget to relax and enjoy yourself and take care of yourself. Maybe a little pampering. Give yourself permission to pamper. It's okay. So uh, with all of that said, we are at five minutes away from the top of the hour, and I did want to remind people about uh, going to the website. Uh, we talk a lot about Yoga Veda Institute on the show. Mm -hmm. And 
all of the things that we are learning. I am in the midst of some great uh, classes and workshops on uh, the philosophy and the psychology in the Vedas and the and the ancient uh, ancient books. Uh, even the I you know compared to the Vedas, com, you know, comparatively recent. You know, it's only you know fifteen hundred years old ish, depending on who you ask. <laughs> the uh, you know the Yoga Sutras. So all of these documents are, you know, such an amazing learning experience, uh, the philosophy and the psychology. Robin is learning all about the nutrition and the treatment of, of peoples. And all of this is taking place at Yoga Veda Institute, and they've got a free program to introduce you to these concepts. And it's called Sister Science. And it talks about the sciences of yoga and Ayurveda. And if you go to our website, go to ujvalaayc.com slash yvi-links, L-I-N-K-S. Go to that page, and you can see there's some links to the different programs. If you just want to get your feet wet and learn a little bit about what we're talking about, Check out the Sister Science program. It's totally free. If you like, if you're if you're you know you're sparked and you say, "Gosh, I want to do this too," well, then from there you can look at some of the uh, educational programs. If you say, "Wow, this is really cool. I wish it could, I could make it part of my life," then you can email us, and we will help you to um, make some of these changes in your life. Uh, but either way. I think that everyone could get a great deal out of the Sister Science program. So go to ujvalaayc.com slash yvi-links. And I'll put that in, on the uh, Facebook page as well. But that is on the very front page of the, uh, of the Ujvala AYC website. So if you get there, you'll see the links uh, uh, tab up at the top. So uh, with all of that said, Gosh, we've run we've run way out of time. We're going to rush now <laughs> because we promised all of our East Coast listeners that we would try to be finished by ten o'clock. Because in Ayurveda, you should be in bed and asleep by ten, not just going to bed at ten. So uh, we apologize to uh, all of our uh, East Coast listeners who are trying to trying to get to asleep by ten. We thank you for spending that one night a week with us. Uh, we're honored that everyone is here tonight, thrilled that we can share this with everyone. It is a, a labor of love. We we just enjoy what we do, and we enjoy sharing it. So thank you all for being with us. Uh, Robin, any, um, you know, 30 seconds, final words? Uh, no, just wishing everybody good health and happiness and um, love. Ujvala means love. So I wish you all love. All right, fair enough. Uh, So um, I guess there's nothing left but to wish you all a week filled with love and with wonder. Good night, namaste, and blessed be. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us. Seven nights a week for exclusive...
exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.